And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm awfully glad we have this time together. I'm looking forward to our, our upcoming two hours. I hope you can spend both of them with me. I know the first hour in particular is going to be uh, really fun. I've got Dr. Phil Collins joining me. He's the editor of the Abide Bible, and I have my hands on a copy of it, and it is stunning. I love it, and I'm just uh, looking through it. I've been using it for the last uh, couple of weeks, and and it's just a really a, a wonderful Bible, and I'll tell you all about it, or I'll let Phil tell you all about it because it's got a lot of wonderful tools uh, for engaging with God's Word. And I think of, in Psalms, the writers often use the word uh, meditate, which is a synonym for contemplate. And Psalm 1 teaches that the blessed person meditates day and night. When it comes to, uh, when we come to the Bible with purpose and intensity, eager to catch every word God has to nourish our hungry souls, we choose to spend time thinking about it. This Bible will help you engage and think and process and journal and visualize. And it's going to be a great hour with Dr. Phil Collins. So let me take a little break, bring him on. I'll let him talk all about this spectacular Bible. And just so you know, the publisher has said, I can let you have four copies to give away to listeners. And that's really good news. So I'll tell you more about how you can get in on the drawing for that uh, when I come back in 60 seconds. Over 250 times in Scripture, we're called to remember. And what should we call to mind? Well, here's how Jeremiah put it. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day on Faith Radio, through the teaching of God's Word and the faith-filled conversations, we're reminded of who God is and His great love for us. In the midst of bad news, Faith Radio brings good news, and it's thanks to committed friends who give to support this growing media platform. To those of you who give, know that your investment truly makes a difference, as more and more people tune in looking for hope and comfort in an unsettled season. Now, because Faith Radio is a listener-supported ministry, we rely on your generosity. And we'll have an opportunity to talk more about generosity in a time of scarcity, faith in the midst of fear, and bringing hope to a hurting world coming April 14th. Thank you for standing with us. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Phil Collins is my guest. He's the general editor of the Abide Bible. And I find this Bible to be absolutely gorgeous and a great study tool. And thanks to the publisher, there's four copies to give away. So if you want to get in on the drawing for one of these gorgeous Bibles, uh, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, that number is 877-933-2484. Phil, welcome to the show. It's very good to be here, Bill. Thank you for having me. How cool is it, first of all, to open a book and it says, you know, the Bible, and then it says, your name, general editor. How cool is that? <laughs> you know, it was kind of <laughs> shocking, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, uh, I don't blame yeah, you. It was I'm delightful. It, it, it's a little misleading. There were so many people involved in this project, uh, so it's surely not... Uh, should be many, many names on that front page. I get that, but it's called the Abide Bible, and it's going to give you very practical tools for 
really digging into Scripture. And frankly, who doesn't want to do that uh, better? And I know I do. And since I've picked this Bible up and started using it, I, I just love it. And it's the New King oh, James great. Version, for starters. But yeah. I would love for you to talk about the tools that are available in this Bible. Sure thing. Uh, there is a series of five different uh, tools that are involved uh, with with the um, the Bible. You can uh, so by tools we just mean uh, means of practicing engaging Scripture, ways of doing the process. There, the five are praying Scripture, where you pattern your own prayer using the words of uh, the passage that you're reading. Uh, picture it. Uh, it's placing yourself in the actual Bible passage and kind of pretending you're a bystander or a participant in uh, whatever's going on in that particular part of the passage. Journaling, uh, using paper and pencil or pen to write down your thoughts and your prayers and uh, questions. Uh, engaging through art, which is very interesting. We've got 80 pieces of art in the Abide Bible. Uh, photographs, sculpture, paintings uh, that help you uh, deepen your meditation on that particular passage, and then contemplate. It's uh, it's a long-standing practice of the church to read, meditate, pray, and contemplate on a passage of Scripture. So those are the the five spiritual prompts or tools uh, that the Abide Bible is built around. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just testing myself, Phil, and I thought, let me just open the Bible to any page and see what I see on the page that I can tell the listeners about. So I opened the book, and I, I ended up in Job chapter 5, and on the side of the of the text is the word journal, and it talks about Job 5, verses 8 through 27, and it says, Prepare your heart, open yourself to God's presence, ask God to speak to you and to reveal himself through his word, then read the passage. Now, the reflection part, which I find is wonderful, it says, have you ever felt like God was correcting you? Did you feel happy, as verse 17 suggests? What would it take for you to see correction in a positive light? What an intriguing question. Yeah, those are are good. I I turned in my copy uh, as you were going over. The the journaling process uh, will slow you down, will help you to make those connections between a passage and your own life. Uh, sometimes I think we tend to come to the Bible in a very cognitive, intellectual, you know, informational kind of way, which is so important. Don't hear me saying that's not critically important. But then we also need to connect it in with our heart and our uh, lives that we're living and thinking through what is this? What is this saying to me? What do I do with this? And uh, and and that's really what the Abide Bible is helping yeah. us to do. Now, the back part of the the rest of this re- reflect and, and write part of this journal is it says write a prayer thanking God for His correction and His forgiveness. Thank Jesus for giving you the opportunity to draw closer to the Father. Close your prayer by welcoming God's correction in your life. Whoa, that's pretty pretty powerful. And I have to say, uh, Phil, I just opened the book randomly and I started reading. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's 2,500 more of those where that came from. It's, there's a lot of uh, prompts. Yeah. So as we start to talk about this uh, uh, piece of work that you, I'm sure, spent a lot of time on, uh, I first want to hear your background story, too, because I know listeners would love to hear how a guy gets his name as editor on a Bible. Right. 
Yeah, well, it all actually started with a, an email. I received an email from the publisher of Thomas Nelson Bibles way back in July of uh, 2017. And uh, he was interested in doing a new type of Bible. Uh, I'll call it a scripture engagement uh, Bible. Uh, but there were so many good uh, study Bibles on the market, uh, that, and, and I use them. I, I love them mm-hmm. uh, to learn the content. But he really wanted to uh, develop a Bible that would help people grow spiritually, uh, to reflect on the Bible for meaning in their lives. So he found uh, the articles that we have on Bible Gateway. Uh, there are 50 articles about Scripture engagement, uh, videos, all that information's on Bible Gateway. So he wanted to partner with us to develop the Abide Bible uh, because of those Bible Gateway articles. And now there's this three-way partnership between Thomas Nelson, uh, the Taylor University Center for Scripture Engagement that I'm a co-executive director of, uh, and then uh, Bible Gateway. So we've partnered to put together this Abide Bible. I just love it. And then tell me a little bit about your, your personal background and how, where you grew up and when you came to faith yeah. and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm up from your neck of the woods, actually. I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. In nice. A, strong Christian uh, home and very, very good church. Uh, my grandfather was a pastor and uh, just had a huge influence on uh, all of our lives and our family. I started reading the Bible when I was 12, uh, just more as a kind of a, a really a bet to myself. I was going to see if I could read through the whole thing. Uh, and, and I did. Uh, and then I was, you know, just to show you, I wasn't a particularly spiritual kid. Once I finished, I put it down and said I wasn't going to do it again. I, you know, I'd read it once. What kid reads a <laughs> book more than one time? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but I, I ended up continuing reading and have been reading really every day ever since. Uh, and it, it's just been the most important part of my spiritual life is reading the Bible every day uh, and letting God's word soak into my life. Uh, but I came across a question about 10 years ago that floored me. I, I had always said what I had been told. My, my background uh, uh, work-wise, occupation-wise, is I've spent 16 years in ministry, and then I've been teaching here at Taylor in the Christian Ministries program for 21 years. And the question that really got me about 10 years ago was, how do you help somebody read the Bible? I had done what I had always been told and passed that on to other people. How do you grow as a Christian? You pray and you read your Bible. And I believe that's true. But then somebody said, well, how do you teach people how to read the Bible? And that just floored me because here I've been involved with ministry all, all of my life, really, and believe that the Bible is the foundation of that. But I wasn't doing a good job of teaching people how to read the Bible. I taught people how to pray. But I just told them, go read it. You know, it's a book. Go read it. And uh, I actually think there's more to it than that. And so that's captured my imagination for the last 10 years. And and really my passion is to help people to equip them uh, to read the Bible well for spiritual formation, to know Jesus uh, and and grow in him uh, without kind of having to flounder around with the process and learn over time, which we tend to do. But maybe we can uh, teach people up front and and learn how to teach people. You know, those of us who are in ministry uh, really need to to think through how we do this instead of just telling people what I heard, pray and read your Bible. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
And I'm going to take a little break, uh, Phil. So let me just remind listeners that the publisher has uh, granted us four beautiful copies of the Abide Bible. So we're going to get all the names gathered into a drawing. And then four lucky people, blessed people, will get a copy of this beautiful Bible, which I am uh, so enjoying. Um, Take a short break and be right back. nice to have Dr. Phil Collins on the program today. He's the editor of the Abide Bible, which I have in my hand. And when I look at the tools for scripture engagement, uh, these include contemplate, journaling, picture it, praying scripture, and engaging through art. And I just want to give uh, the listeners, uh, Phil, a little bit of an example of a couple of other tools. For example, uh, I'm open on page 814 and 815, Psalm 62 and 63. So you read the first couple of verses of 62, and it says, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And, of course, if you look at the side in the journal, it says reflect and write. How is God your rock, your defense, your salvation, and your refuge? How do these descriptions of God encourage you? You know, what a great moment just to pause on two verses and say, what else can I draw out of this that practically applies to my life right today? Yes, very good. That that uh, word pause is so important, uh, Bill, to the process of engaging scripture. I, I think sometimes we just skim or, or uh, you know, kind of sometimes even ignore God's word or just just go over it so quickly that uh, it, it doesn't sink into us. We're we're kind of fast food eaters too often when it comes to the Bible, and, uh, and that's not a healthy way to uh, to really grow in Christ. We need to slow down uh, and, and really chew on our food, chew on Scripture, yeah. the bread of life. We don't want to be on a jet ski. We want to be a, a scuba diver. Yeah, very good. Well so- put. Yeah, so and now jumping over to the other side of the page, Phil, in Psalm 63, it gives a great illustration of the tool called picture. Um, do you want to explain that, or should I read it? Uh, uh, well, I can. Exp- if you want to read the passage, that's fine, but I can explain the process. Okay, uh, why don't you explain the process? Um, that'd be great. Okay, very good. The picture, uh, the picture it prompts are really about placing yourself inside of the passage instead of uh, just reading it and going oh that's about them and there uh it's really using our imaginations to enter into uh a story or an image and try to understand what's going on from inside to the point where we pretend maybe we're uh the little boy with the uh five loaves and fish uh where we uh, look around and see what's around us to smell and to feel and to uh, just really experience what's going on in that passage. Um, it seems a little bit strange to kind of put yourself into a story uh, in some ways, but really I think this is why Jesus told so many stories is so that we could participate. We need to feel the story. Uh, our feelings are what motivate us to do what our head is telling us what to, what to do. Um, so that, that, 
imagination can be used, you know, incorrectly, uh, but our imagination can be used also very powerfully uh, by the Lord to help us picture. I, I had a friend of mine who was uh, a ministry person, is a ministry person still, and we were talking about scripture engagement, and he said, actually, the Bible used to uh, be something I could not read very much. I just didn't find it interesting until somebody taught him, put yourself into the passage. And that was a game changer for him hmm. to really uh, feel and try to experience what's going on. So the, the picture it prompts are, are really interesting to try to uh, imagine what it would be like to be in that particular passage. Yeah, maybe I'll just walk through this in Psalm 63 sure. and then I'll I'll read what the picture is just to let listeners get an idea. Yeah, that'd be great. Of this, yeah. Uh, in verse uh, uh, chapter 63, verse one, oh, God, you are my God. Early, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. It goes on for you know another seven verses or so. But the picture that it has on the on the side column is Picture David in the wilderness of Judah, an elderly king hiding from his son Absalom. An army is seeking to kill him. That's in verse 9. But David's first priority is his soul's hunger and thirst for God. Despite his dire circumstances, he commits himself to trusting in God and rejoicing in him. Imagine that you are in the desert with David. And you can hear him singing this new song. Will you join in his song? Or does your soul cry out for something else? Sounds pretty relevant to today, Phil. Boy, it sure does. And uh, that process of finding comfort, uh, experiencing God's love and closeness, this is what the Bible is so uh, designed for. It's uh, Holy Spirit uh, inspired and Holy Spirit illuminated to connect to our lives, to know that God is with us and he is comforting us and uh, challenging us at times, and uh, but always working on us to, um, uh, to make us into Christ-likeness. And uh, using the Psalms this way has just been uh, something the church has done for, for centuries. Mm-hmm. Phil, how often do you think students of Scripture, when they get a Bible, they get they they start reading a book like the book of john and they they start by getting a broad overview of the book or they just start digging in and reading verse by verse and all of a sudden they don't know if they've seen the big picture from the start and what yeah, this that's... bible does so beautifully is it does that that big overview of the the uh chapter right at the beginning and gives you a really beautiful explanation of where you're going and where you're headed yeah, the, the book introductions are really important to the process. Uh, we, we do study scripture. We are supposed to study, uh, and that those introductions are helpful to do that, uh, content and the information to help you study what's, to know what's coming in the, in the passages. And then the, this particular Abide Bible is designed to help you to reflect once you have some basic understanding of the passage. This is trying to guide you into that deeper connection and, and really the sense of the presence of God. We've got a little tagline at the Center for Scripture Engagement. We say, engage scripture, engage God. And uh, I think that's what's going on uh, as you look at Psalm 63 here. Yeah. And then when you look at the introduction of any one of the books of the Bible and you have 
a historical and literary context that you can start with. And then it also starts preparing your heart for what you're about to read. I, that's exactly. a pretty nice touch. I mean, for anyone who's getting involved in studying Scripture, this is going to help them leaps and bounds um, versus if you just handed them a Bible without any of these wonderful introductions and notes and things to consider and contemplate and how to put yourself in the situation. I have done that exercise before where I have envisioned uh, walking up uh, the road um, where Jesus was crucified that day. Mm, yeah. And then I, I've, I've pictured, I've pictured, I don't know if I know if I can say this without bursting into tears, but I picture them taking down his dead body yeah. and, and laying him into the arms of his mom. And I've stood it, next to that exactly and watched right. that. We, yep. We need to watch that. It, it's painful. Yeah. But then we have a sense of Christ's love for us and and uh, how he goes before us. And that that that's what changes me. That's what turns me into the person God wants me to yeah. be is a sense of the depth and uh, uh, of God's love and his actions for me. Uh, then it causes me to trust him uh, and, and to act on what he wants me to do. Yeah. I've got uh, four copies of this beautiful Bible that I can um have a drawing and, and send them out to the four blessed winners. So if you want to get involved in the drawing, uh, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, all you do is just text the word book and nothing else, and you'll get a link to complete this to enter the drawing. Uh, again, the number is 877-933-2484. Uh, so, Phil, when we come back, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, more about, um, you know, the way you have um, made this such a wonderful, engaging study and some of the favorite parts that you can talk about and uh, what has really excited you with this project. Because, you know, getting people more engaged in God's word, there's nothing better in, in, all, of, in all of this world, that's for sure. Very good. All right, we'll take a little break. We'll be back with Dr. Phil Collins. Again, if you want to get in the drawing for one of these beautiful Abide Bibles, 877-933-2484. And if you even have a question for Dr. Collins, let me know what that would be. I'd be more than happy to ask it on your behalf. Same number, 877-933-2484. Be right back. Dr. Phil Collins is editor of the Abide Bible. It's the uh, New King James Version. It's a beautiful study Bible that has some wonderful tools in it. I got my copy and I'm loving it. Just loving it. So, uh, Phil, maybe um, you would give us a, um, you know, a, a sample of something that has really uh, intrigued you in the process of editing this and putting it together. And is there a, I know there's a lot of places in this in this Bible that you're excited to talk about 
Yeah. So uh, one of the areas that uh, I find the most fascinating is the 80 pieces of artwork that are in the Bible. Uh, this has just been uh, so fun to be a part of this process to find artwork that fit with particular uh, passages. And we use the artwork as a commentary on the passage. So I like Bible commentaries and study Bibles, and I'm constantly learning from Bible scholars uh, about the history and the language and the context of a particular passage, and it helps me see a passage with brand new eyes. Artists can do the same thing. Artists who study a passage, they uh, see what's there, and then they often will uh, produce a piece of artwork that can guide me into the passage uh, in a powerful way uh, so that I use uh, the artist's eyes and whatever he or she has produced to help me to see what's in the passage. So uh, I know we're on the radio, Bill, but take a look uh, at Matthew 9 on page 1448. There's a Caravaggio painting of the calling of St. Matthew. And as I look at that, oh, wow. uh, the painting is of uh, Jesus calling Matthew. He's surrounded by uh, other tax uh, collectors, and he's kind of got his finger pointing to himself. And and Jesus is calling him, and it, it looks like he's saying, who, me? And, and I tell you, that helps me to connect with the passage of Matthew being called, which is very short. Uh, but to recognize that Jesus called Matthew, Jesus is calling me, uh, Caravaggio, this brilliant uh, artist, has helped me connect with the passage in a personal way that makes me consider, should I follow Jesus? What's the cost? Um, so the, the art pieces are just yeah, very, it's a beautiful, it's very be strong. Beautiful piece. And it, it this again, you see that moment where, where Matthew is realizing that Jesus had just called him to be a disciple. And you've yeah. got that look of, of well, you can interpret it however you want. Um, but there seems to be some surprise, and there seems yeah. to be some, uh, am I worthy? Uh, do yeah. you really want me? And Yeah, you look at his right hand, he's holding money. Uh, it's just so interesting. He's like, oh, I might have to give this all up if I'm following you. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing about uh, we one thing we never tire of is beauty, and you know the fact that you've got some beautiful photographs that you can reflect on in this Bible is also something I think is a great um, asset. It's a great value to to see a picture like this from the 15th century and go, "Wow, there's a, one of the great artists giving a really great illustration of something right out of God's Word." Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, the value of beauty, that's that's very well put. Thank you. Well, you know, we can get tired of a lot of things in life, but we seem to never tire of beauty, do we? That's why people can go and, and take a vacation and sit and stare at the ocean for eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah. Or look at but, mountains for, you know, hour after hour after hour and never get tired. They never walk away going, ah, that's enough. Yeah, that's so so well put. The uh uh, the Bible helps me see the beauty of Christ. That's that's one of the attractions uh, of the many of attractions uh, of really engaging Scripture as you catch these deeper glimpses uh, of the beauty of Christ. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular uh, book of Scripture that the the average uh, Bible student would 
have a real advantage reading this Bible with all of its notes that helps them understand this book in a way that maybe they have struggled with over the years? Yeah, I wonder if not uh, the book of Psalms, actually. We, we, uh, Psalms is read an awful lot. Uh, you know, there's researchers that pay attention to who reads what and so on, what's looked up on New uh, on Version or Bible Gateway. And uh, but Psalms is read an awfully lot. But I, I think sometimes we get lost there a little bit. It's so big and it's so many topics. I, I think... Uh, that that would be a particularly good book to explore. But, you know, there, there's notes all the way through Leviticus and Numbers, and people kind of drag in some of those books at times. But, but again, those passages are, are uh, the Word of God, and they're revealing something about who God is. Uh, and, and so the notes in some of those uh, lesser-read books, I think, would be very powerful also. Mm-hmm. Um, in Romans chapter 8 right now, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit and it's just uh, s- s- some great ways to pray this scripture that's offered and then there's a, a great place to contemplate what you just read and then prepare your heart by journaling and reflecting and, and writing and I have to say you know this is um, a great exercise for taking a verse that you may be very familiar with and saying, what does the Abide Bible have to add to my already body of knowledge? What questions will it help me ask that I can dig deeper in? Because isn't familiarity part of what makes Bible study um, a little bit casual for us at times? Where we go, yeah, oh, that verse. I know that verse. I got that yeah. verse. So right. this Bible I says, saw that part of the movie. I don't need to watch that anymore. <laughs> right. But there's, right. Uh, there's just so much more. Uh, the praying scripture you mentioned is one of my very favorites. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Bill, but I, sometimes my own prayers have become boring to me. I, I tend to pray the same thing over and over again. But when I pray scripture, uh, when I use the words of the Bible to uh, become my own prayer, to bring me into new topics, to... Uh, Get me to think in a different way as I pray so that I actually use, instead of praying and then reading the Bible, I pray the Bible. Uh, it's just such a powerful tool. I find my prayers are broadening out and they're deepening, and I feel like I'm praying more what God wants me to pray than just you know, some of my tired, same old prayers that I keep praying. It's, yeah. it's a very par- powerful process. You know, Phil, this probably will be the third time I've said this this week, and now I'm feeling really guilty because I can't remember who said it to me. Um, but the comment was the person that initiates the conversation generally controls it. So hmm. if, if we go to God's Word and let Him initiate the conversation by going to His Word first and letting Him speak to us before we start talking to Him, it's really a good way to let God control the time in prayer and let God control the conversation. Yeah, that's very good. I, I first started praying scripture 20 years ago after I read a quote by George Mueller, who said nobody taught him how to do this, but he kind of stumbled into it, that uh, he started his morning off every day, uh, first reading scripture, and then he said very quickly it turned into prayer. Uh, and that uh, changed his time with the Lord. He used to start with prayer, and then he would read, uh, but then he just would read, and then he'd move into prayer as he was reading, and it transformed his time with God. And I would say that's been true for me also. Mm-hmm. So so letting God initiate 
uh, the conversation is well put. Yeah. So I'm still in Romans 8, and and I know a lot of listeners are very familiar with Romans 8, but that verse starts in chapter uh, 8 with verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. So as I look at the praying scripture, it's got this lovely note that says, in the previous chapter, Paul describes something like a civil war between his mind, which was set on obeying God, and his flesh, which led him to sin. At the end of those chapters, he called himself a wretched man. Excuse me. And thanked Jesus for saving him. Paul started this chapter with a sentence of great assurance because of Jesus and his grace, those who believe in him will not be condemned. That security is established by the work of Jesus on the cross. And now we are called to live according to the Spirit of God and not according to our fleshly impulses. As you pray, allow your heart to rest in the assurance that you face no condemnation if you are in Jesus. Reflect on what this grace means in your life. Ask God to fill you with the joy of the Spirit. Give thanks to what Jesus has done for you. Ask him to help you live according to the Spirit and represent him well in the world. I have to say that's a pretty nice, pretty nice prayer. I like that a lot. Yeah, that'll change your prayers, won't it? All of a sudden, you, you're praying now. And I'm already thinking to myself, Phil, um, how is the Spirit guiding me and how am I representing myself in the world right now? The, I don't know if, if you realize, but the world's changed a lot in the last three weeks. Yes, it has. <laughs> yes, it has. All the students here at Taylor are gone. That, that's a little little obvious around here. Mm-hmm. So um, let's jump back uh, to the tools again, because I know people are just tuning in, and I want uh, listeners to know, if you just tuned in, this Abide Bible, which I have, uh, the publisher has offered four copies to give away to listeners. If you want to get in on the drawing, which is getting, uh, the list is getting long right now, 877-933-2484. You text the word book to that number, just the word book, and you'll get a reply. You can fill out. You probably know the drill around here. But again, the number is 877-933-2484. And for those who have just joined into the conversation, Dr. Phil uh, Collins is the uh, editor of the Abide Bible. And the tools is the thing that um, I'm just enjoying so much. Uh, the idea of journaling, which I don't do very well, Phil. So this might get me started on that. Uh, okay, journal- well, here, did- here's the deal, Bill. The uh, journaling is actually probably the most practiced scripture engagement technique. There's some research that says wow. more people journal than anything else. And I'll confess to you, uh, I don't journal a whole lot either. My wife does. But but this is part of the premise of what we do uh, with at the Center for Scripture Engagement. We don't believe every practice is for everybody. There's personalities that are attracted to certain types of tools. Uh, I do scripture engagement workshops all over. I go into different ministries or churches and I teach them for, you know, four to six hours. And there's always a group that are totally into journaling and others are into uh, using art and others, you know, just a variety of different tools. Uh, and, and one size doesn't fit all. So those of us who are in ministry think everybody, if you're a journal should journaler, should be a journal person. And it's just not the case. We kind of need to learn to uh, use a variety of these practices so that we can help other people engage with whatever fits their style. Mm-hmm. Did you have uh, any pushback uh, from believers on any of these techniques that you, these tools that you're offering in this, 
I mean, the the picture it thing is really f- interesting. It's challenging, and I'm also thinking I don't know how well I can picture myself sometimes in situations. Uh, I can on occasion, but that might take a little bit more practice. Right. Uh, the picture it uh, is a very good tool uh, for connecting your your heart and your emotions. Uh, to a passage, but here's what it's not good for. It's not good to determine what a passage means. Right. You determine what a passage means by studying it, uh, by uh, understanding what the author was saying to the original reader, and and that is so important. But once you understand what the author was saying, then it's fair game to go in, uh, in my mind it's fair game, to go in and try to really connect with the actual meaning of the passage. You're not trying to make things up. This is the problem right. uh, with uh, picturing it and maybe some of these other tools is if you think that whatever I, whatever, you know, little thought floats past my mind, somehow that's, that's God saying that that's truth. Uh, we, we study to figure out what truth is. We reflect to connect it to our life, to feel it, to to be changed by it. And, and actually, I think sometimes the reflection part's the harder part to do, uh, to study and understand meaning. And sometimes we're controlling it, but to open up our lives to what it says, then that means God's going to change me. And then I start to get a little defensive. So, uh, yeah, scripture engagement is about uh, taking what we've studied and reflecting on it, meditating, uh, just like you started at the beginning, uh, to turn it over in our minds. Meditation is just really a word that we, uh, means, it actually means to murmur. Uh, you know, it, it means focused attention, kind of like you're talking out loud uh, to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Christian meditation starts in Psalm 1. It's just so important. Uh, to do that process, and and that's where we're changed yeah. uh, as we meditate on Scripture. Yeah, we're going to take a little break, though, uh, Phil, but isn't it when we talk to children about uh, God's Word, we're instantly trying to paint pictures in their mind? Exactly. I mean, Children's ministry often is some of the best ministry that's around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Phil Collins is my guest, and he's uh, editor of the Abide Bible, a lovely uh, piece of work that I have in my hand. It's in the New King James Version. We've got four copies, compliments of the uh, publisher to give out to four blessed listeners. Text the word book to 877-933-2484, and you might be one of the uh, happy winners. We'll be right back. the show. Dr. Phil Collins is my guest. He's the editor of the Abide Bible. And uh, during the break, Phil, I was looking through the Gospel of John, and I'm in John chapter 20, and there's this stunning uh, picture by Rembrandt, and it uh, depicts the lowering of Jesus' body from the cross, and we had chatted about that earlier uh, in the show, and it's just gorgeous. And 
Makes you want to get this Rembrandt guy on my show. <laughs> yeah, that would be a that would be a coup, Bill. No, thank you. Well, I've got a lot of pull on this network, so believe me, it could happen. Uh, but it is. It's powerful. These images are really, really powerful. They really are. I actually thought of that uh, image as you were speaking earlier in the show. Just uh, it, it's and the the description of the painting is so helpful to me. Uh, we had an artist, uh, actually a, a art prof here at Taylor, uh, pick out the paintings and uh, write the description of the painting, and she has been so helpful to me to see uh, what a painting is is uh, trying to say. Uh, and there's each piece of art doesn't just give you the artwork. There's a description of the art and then the connection and then a prompt to reflect on it. Very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Now, we've been uh, looking at Philippians a lot. I think everyone has been. They've been going to Philippians 4, 6 and 7. And they've been you know, thinking about I have the strength to face all conditions. And, you know, there's so much uh, turmoil and uncertainty in the world. They're looking for security, obviously, and comfort. And as I'm in. Uh, Philippians chapter one right now, there's this great picture, one of the tools, just a, just a tool for helping study. And it says, imagine you are in the room with Paul as he pens this letter. How is he faring during his imprisonment as he wonders and writes about his fate? What emotions do you see on his face? How is he reacting? What reasons does he have for being consoled and even encouraged despite his trying circumstances? How has God been using Paul's imprisonment for the spread of the gospel? And what are his hopes for himself and for those who will be receiving his letter? Yeah, very good. How often do we actually think about Paul uh, and what he was feeling and thinking as he's penning uh, these uh, uh, epistles? Uh, just so, so very interesting to just look at it from a different angle and, and recognize I can relate to this. This is part of my life, too. I mean, uh, Phil, have you tried to picture yourself uh, seeing Paul in a prison and what it might look like and smell like and um, you, what his circumstances were? I mean, he was probably months, weeks or months away from his own death. And yet he's saying um, he's encouraging. He's he's talking about encouragement and he's giving people hope and don't worry. And everything uh, you'll have strength. I have strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. That's so unbelievably encouraging. It, it really is to uh, to picture some of these places that he was at. Uh, I suffer at a very high level uh, in that I have taken some trips to uh, Israel uh, with students, and we visit uh, some of these places in Israel, and then also uh, footsteps of Paul, Greece, and Italy. So. Uh, being in some of these cities that Paul was at and imprisoned and uh, catching a little glimpse of that is is a helpful process. Though you really don't have to go there. You can you can experience that in, in your own minds in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And because asking good questions is always a good thing in life. I mean, you're, you're, the quality of your life is going to be largely based on the questions you ask, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So... There's so many wonderful questions. I'm just in Hebrews chapter 1, and it talks about uh, how prone are you to drifting away from the truth of God's word that you have learned? What truth has God shown you recently that you need to remember and pay close attention to? What is the danger of ignoring God's message of salvation? In what ways has God confirmed the truth of his word to us? 
And I think, well, there's a great s- study hour right there. It is. It is. It. it we're never going to be done with this process, are we? No. Uh, no, it's so true. So what what this Abide Bible uh, I see offering is tons and tons and tons of questions, uh, great ways to contemplate God's Word, encourages us to journal, which I don't know if I'm ever going to get good at that, Phil. <laughs> you can journal in your mind. Yeah. You know, if anything, I might jot a note in my, just in my Bible. Yes. You know, a, a note yes. or two. Uh, I don't mind filling up the blank space in, in on pages of my Bible with notes. But as far as getting out the journal and showing up at, like at a coffee shop and trying to write something down, I'm not sure that's going to work. Okay, you're in the minority, Bill. I'm just saying <laughs> that a lot of people are doing that, and they're out there going, Bill, you got to try this. Yeah. Um, no, I get that. I get that. So uh, tell me how you uh, are distributing this. This is... Uh, there's only pre-order right now. It comes out in a week. Is that right? Uh, yes. Well, nobody's going out in a week anyway, Bill. We're, That's true. Uh, it's all going to be uh, ordered online. Yeah, good point. Yeah, you can just uh, you, you can use your search engine on your computer and find it pretty easily. All the major distributors are using them. You, you know, if, if, if you're really interested in, in looking, uh, Thomas Nelson has a beautiful website. Uh, if, if you just use your search engine, uh, Thomas Nelson Bibles, Abide Bible. Uh, the website, you can download uh, free samples nice. to really see what you're getting into. I, and the reason I say that is I, I think the more you see what it looks like, it'll be appealing uh, to people. Uh, you were mentioning how beautiful it is, and it, it really is. Yeah, it is beautiful. Thomas Nelson just has done an extraordinary job. The people I've worked with there are amazing people. Um but uh, th- that would be a good way, and you can uh, you can buy it. I think off of the website there too. But uh, they'll they'll direct you to Amazon or Christian book distributors or many many others. So yeah, that's uh, out there. Phil, because the, the 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 idea that there's some really interesting artwork in here and some pictures, uh, which are beautiful. Do you have a particular piece of artwork in this Bible that you're so drawn to that you just want to talk about? for a minute well uh the caravaggio one is yeah, yeah. one of the ones that i i took you to early uh the engaged through art uh there in matthew and then uh the prodigal son uh is something that many of us love uh henry Nowen wrote a, a book about the painting of the prodigal son and i would have to say that's one of my favorites also that's uh a powerful piece of artwork that's that's and in here. Do you know what page that's on? Off the top uh, of your head? boy, I really don't. That's right okay. Off the bat. That's okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, I've never been a, a huge uh, art historian of any kind, so no, uh, me oh, either. Okay, good. I don't feel so stupid. Then. This is not for you, you. Do not have to be an artist. You. This is a a tool for the average person. Right. Uh, that's what I like about it. Now, see, I would I would mention more of the artists in the book, but I'd feel too stupid if I mispronounced the name. So that's yeah, why yeah. I'm not. Oh, yeah, that's why. That's, that's why I'm not saying anything. Because I know well, my limitations. The Bible is full of name mind traps, isn't it? Oh, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. So really, been nice uh, to learn about this, and thank you so much, and thank you to Thomas Nelson Publishers for making four copies available for my listeners. And if you would like to get into the drawing. Uh, let us know. Uh, text the word book to 877-933-2484. I want to also say a couple listeners 
have sent me emails already saying, I don't have one of those fancy texting phones. I just uh, want to be in the drawing. And trust me, you are, just so you know. Um, and, Phil, thank you so much. And have a wonderful Easter with your family. And God bless you for your work. Yeah, thank you, Bill. I'm honored to have been on your show. Oh, have thank a great you. Easter. Yeah, thank you so much. Dr. Phil Collins has been my guest. Again, the Abide Bible, he was the editor of, and it's available uh, coming out Tuesday. But also, I've got four copies to give away. Get in on the drawing. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. Be right back with Hour 2.